What does it mean to be a man? I mean to be a man's man, a real man. Protector, defender, stoic, problem solver, always know the answer. Can never be wrong. Has to be available all the time. Can never be tired. Can never be weak. Can never show weakness. Oh my goodness. Honestly, that sounds horrible. I think it's time we start normalizing. To be a man means to just be a human. I'm allowed to be tired. I'm allowed not to know the answer to everything. I'm allowed to vent. I'm allowed to enjoy brunch. My guest today talks about these things and how men can just be men. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Relatively Normal Podcast. I am your host, Mark Paisant. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you've been with me for a while, since the beginning maybe, thank you so much for riding with me. As always, you can become a paid subscriber for as little as 99 cents a month by just hitting that link in the show notes or heading over to anchor.fm searching for Relatively Normal Podcasts, and hitting that money button. This is a show I've been wanting to do for a while. As I said at the beginning, what does it mean to be a man? Nowadays, are we allowed to be vulnerable? Are we allowed to show weakness? Are we allowed to say that we're just tired? You tell me what you think. Because there is this classic sense of man, and I understand it. By nature, by science, the male has always been the more powerful, the bigger, the stronger, the faster one. I understand that. We've had, you know, these gender norms for the longest time. You know, what a man's supposed to do, what a woman's supposed to do, what a husband's supposed to do, what a wife is supposed to do, what a father is supposed to do, what a mother is supposed to do. But what's wrong with a man just being tired? What's wrong with a man being vulnerable and talking about his feelings with his friends? What's wrong with another man texting his friend and saying, I think I'm depressed. I'm anxious about this. Do you have time to talk? And the reason, a big reason I do this show and have done it for five seasons now is because I want to show people that a six foot five, 235 pound man can have feelings, can express those feelings. Don't always express them the right way. Sometimes I lose my cool. Sometimes I ball myself up into a corner and don't talk to anybody. 
and go against the things I say on this show. But most of the time, I try to express myself in a productive and efficient way because I want other men to see what I'm doing. And this is not just for the men. I want women to see that men can be creatures that have feelings, can be humans that are vulnerable, can be people that need their space, can be people that don't have to be strong all the time. The person I'm going to speak to this week is absolute, just an amazing person, and I think you're really going to like him. His name is Keith Gilmore. And Keith is the co-founder of Texture Life Coaching. And it's a top-ranked psychedelic integration coaching program. But he also co-created the Integrated Man. It's a community-oriented program for helping men get into alignment and reconnecting them with their purpose. You know, what really just attracted me to Keith is just the energy he gave off. He's a very warm and comforting person. He's a person that wants to end this stigma of men not being able to talk to each other about their feelings. He wants men to be authentic. He wants them to participate in high-minded conversations. He wants men to be able to get in a group with other men and say, I'm struggling. I need help. I can't do it all. And he likes to do a lot of this stuff with humor, with understanding, and with being vulnerable himself. So once we get back from this quick break... I'm going to talk to Keith Gilmore, and hopefully some of the men listening can really understand where we're coming from, where I'm coming from, because I want you to be able to open up and talk to other men, talk to the women in your lives, just be a better version of yourself. So we'll be right back after the break. Thanks for listening to the show. Hey, thanks for listening to my podcast. I want to take a moment to talk about 6AM Run and 6AMRun.com. If you have followed my mental and physical health journey, you know that I love to run. I believe it saved my life. That is why I want you to know about 6AM Run. With over 10,000 five-star reviews, it won't be hard for you to see why it's one of the highest-rated nutrition brands on the market. Their mission is simple. 6AM Run believes in improving everyone's physical ability to not only have motion, but stay in motion. All this while creating an amazing, supportive, surrounding community. With great flavors like watermelon, fruit punch, raspberry iced tea, and my personal favorite, pop and candy, you'll find out that it doesn't matter where you start. One block, 
one mile, or one marathon. 6AM Run products guarantee you finish. 6AM Run helps fitness enthusiasts through their unique, all-natural blends of hydrating nutrition. Their products provide the fuel needed to achieve breakthroughs in performance. In fact, 6AM Run sets the standard for nutrition. Check them out today by selecting the link in the show notes for an added 20% off of your purchase. I am sure you'll enjoy their products as much as I have. Now let's get back to the show. And we are back on the show. Thanks again for joining us. And like I mentioned before, I have a really, really good guest today. Um, I have Keith Gilmore joining me. And I'm going to let him introduce himself because there's just a lot of good things that I think we're going to talk about, that I know we're going to talk about. And just the energy, I think, is really, really good right now. And I, I want to get more of this out into the world, especially for men. Um, please, men, you know, make sure that we're empathetic, we're talking to each other, we're expressing our feelings, we're being vulnerable. But with all that being said, Keith, if you don't mind, go ahead and introduce yourself for the audience. Thank you, Mark. So I am Keith, and my work consists of, in part, working with men. And so that work is around helping men to actualize themselves in ways that our current culture doesn't necessarily prepare them for or guide them into. Um, and my work is doing coaching and I also lead groups. And so in these groups, I experience a lot of men coming in with um, various issues that they're struggling with, um, as well as with their stories. And it's people in a broad age range. You know, there's people in their young 20s to people in their 70s that come to these groups. And uh, one of the common threads is that the culture that we live in doesn't prepare men to participate with one another in a way that is helping to build one another up we're stuck in this mode of competition that the larger culture feeds us that you know sports culture feeds us and so on and so forth perhaps our own fathers or parents have fed us that the school systems um, but when we come together and we sit in a circle because there's no person that's at the head of the table and we're all there to give to each other, to learn from each other, to share wisdom. Uh, a lot of magic happens. So my work is in part around creating spaces for men to come together and speak vulnerably and share their truths and receive that camaraderie, that brotherhood, that a lot of us in the lone wolf way of being haven't received. 
and I know just from the words you just said, there's some men listening to that to this right now who just heard what you said and started feeling really uncomfortable and really awkward about that space that you're talking about. And we've been, I can speak for myself, we've been raised in a society, especially as men, if you're not first, you're last. You know, what have you done for me lately? Um, and our, our appreciation a lot of the time is dependent on our status and what we can bring to the table. So what you're doing basically is, and I'll let you kind of talk on this. Are, are you breaking down walls with, with these groups and these men? Is that what you're, is that what kind of the work that you're doing? I mean, that's a way of framing it. Sure. A lot of these walls are things that we're not even aware are there. And so they're these, you know, several feet thick walls, but they're clear, they're transparent. So we bump into them and we don't understand. It's like a fly bumping into a window. Like, why can't I move in this direction? Um, so, yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of walls, man. There's a lot of walls and there's walls that keep us from ourselves. And so we can't learn to trust ourselves and trust our heart and trust our intuition and there's walls that keep us from one another so we can't trust our brother or our sister and uh and so we you know if you build enough walls around you then you're just in a little box and <laughs> that's no place that anyone wants to be ultimately right i i definitely agree now the name of the group is uh, Portland Psychedelic Society, and it's the largest psycho psychedelics community in North America. However, it does have that, uh, that word in it, psychedelic. Explain that, explain what psychedelics are, how you use them, and how they uh, help men in this group. Yeah, so, yeah, one of the groups I lead is the men's support group through the Portland Psychedelic Society, and... This is really cool because it's bringing together a unique subset of individuals where it's like men who are looking for some deepening and people who are interested in what the psychedelics have to offer. And so this creates for a, a really special brew where there's very open and intelligent guys who, who end up coming to the group. The psychedelics, to me, one of the functions that they have the potential to serve is as a rite of passage, because this is something that in, you know, societies cross-culturally, um, there have historically been rites of passage that young boys go through in order to emerge into manhood feeling prepared, feeling like they're aware of what their responsibilities are, feeling like they have the courage to face the harsh realities of the world. Um, and we don't have that. And so what I see a lot of is that we have men who feel internally like a boy for, you know, 
20, 30, 40 plus years of their life in this kind of extended adolescent phase. And because we don't have the guidance, we don't have the, the cultural rights. And so to me, one of the things I think about with the psychedelics is, can they serve this function? What might that look like? It's a cultural conversation that needs to be had, but, um, and maybe it's not boys, maybe it is in adulthood and, and we push it out further. Um, but ultimately, can they serve this function of initiating people into the depths of human experience in a way that we do not get in our culture? Um, the, the psychedelics, for those who have experience with them, they understand that it opens doors and Aldous Huxley wrote the book, the doors of perception. It's opening a gate to a more expansive way of seeing things and a more open way of experiencing the world and seeing the nuances of everything, seeing how everything is interconnected and See, allowing us to see ourselves too. So I am able to see myself clearly without all of the trappings of culture, without all of the stories that I have built up in my mind about who I am or who I must be. It just kind of rips all of that stuff away and allows us to see clearly. So we're able to see ourselves clearly. We're able to see our interrelationship with others clearly. And we're able to get, get more connected to our hearts, to our intuition, to our inner knowing, um, and move through the world in that way. So they're very powerful. Um, I don't want to say tools because that's a reductive way of thinking about it. It's so much more than that. But it's a, a powerful thing that can be utilized in order to bring about just a, a much fuller and deeper awareness. And I, I appreciate you explaining that and going into that. And I, I think I'd be remiss to, to at least you know, ask this question. The things that you work on with the men in your group or one-on-one or, -on -one or, or when you're teaching and, and coaching – are these also things that you've gone through in your life? Uh, you know, how were you raised? Was this, were those walls that we were just talking about walls that you had to break down yourself? Oh, for sure, man. Yeah, absolutely. That that's what got me on this path of doing this work because I felt as though I got caught in this extended adolescence and this meandering, wandering through the world um, feeling like I don't understand what my purpose is, feeling like I, you know, what function am I to serve for humanity? Just feeling very lost, feeling very scared and unmotivated and just having the experience of being really stuck. And so I had to seek this stuff out myself because I didn't, I didn't have mentors. I didn't have teachers. I didn't have even people recommending 
readings or lectures or you know groups and so i had to figure it out on my own and it was quite trying because of that and through that work of you know finding and you know this stuff has been out there for a while so it's not like it's not there um but nobody <laughs> told me nobody helped show me um and so yeah i just had to do the the research and do the readings and read some amazing books that opened my mind up and started attending a men's group and then started hosting men's groups and can just continuing to deepen in this path which really is the path of coming into myself and it feels amazing um because it's you know this is the work we're here to do is to to come into ourselves to individuate and to serve humanity to serve human flourishing um so yeah i i definitely struggled with all of that stuff the emotional suppression the um the narrative of the lone wolf the the fear of other men all of these things that a lot of men have to struggle with i i had to wrestle with that and still do you know as i'm moving forward just emotional suppression i i felt that when you said it like i felt that when you said it and it it really resonated with with just my past a little bit and and how I, you know, for the longest time, I didn't feel like I could, you know, show emotion. I could, you know, people would accept my emotion just because I'm a man, you know, and my role in this earth was to be a protector, a defender, and be stoic about it and accept it. And it, it, it really, uh, that, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to really verbalize it, but it's just one of those feelings that you don't forget. And a lot of times you don't want to go back to. And as you know, as men, we, a lot, we feel like we can't even talk about it with, with anyone, let alone other men. So, so for somebody listening to this right now and just they're, they're stopped dead in their tracks and they said, what Keith just said, what Keith and Mark are talking about is literally where I am right now. I don't feel like I have any, like I have relationships with men, but it's the, hey, let's watch the game and drink beers, that relationship. After that, nothing else. But I really need to open up. I really need to be, um, I really need to be, I need to connect to humankind. I really need to be connected. Like what, what do you say to that person? How do you at least point them in the right direction? What kind of, guidance can you give that person listening right now the ultimate guidance that i give people is trust yourself because only you know what you need and if you can humble yourself to listen to yourself you will find out what it is you need to do and so if we're moving through the world and we're feeling let's say alone then there's something in us that's yearning for connection. And so what that means is that we have to trust that. 
and seek out connection. And if your relationship with your male friends is just watching the game, um, I would say probably they they want to go deeper too. And we all carry our fears about exposing who we truly are, even to our closest confidants and loved ones. But ultimately, the people who you want to go deeper with, they probably want to go deeper with you. And we carry this this narrative from the culture that the man like you were talking about mark the man needs to be you know strong and stoic and and not show any sign of weakness and truly the greatest strength that you can show is to bear yourself is to open yourself up vulnerably because that you know the the strongest guy in the room is the guy who is bearing himself who's showing this is who i am because he's recognizing you know i'm putting myself out there but i'm you know and and i'm making myself vulnerable and you don't walk into a battlefield with your hands tied behind your back unless you're the most badass person out there who isn't afraid of you know, whatever might come flying at you. So this is kind of an upending of that typical mode of how we view what being strong is. Really, the the deepest strength comes from being courageous enough to bear yourself. So if you're wanting to go deeper with your buddies, your friends, open that door and see who might walk through and some people might not be ready and that's okay too but if you're ready and you're feeling that calling from within to to deepen your relationship or to find people who are ready to see you then follow that trust that because you know what you need and i love that um because you know when i when i started this show and a, a, a lot of it was to open up as, as a man. A lot of it was to be vulnerable and, and tell people my feelings and, and help other people express their feelings. Some of the first phone calls and texts I got were from other men. And they basically said, you're saying the things out loud that I've been thinking for the longest time. And don't get me wrong, I was happy to hear that. And I was happy to be that kind of um, that fuel that they needed a little bit extra added to that fire that they could, you know, open up a little bit. But the more and more I thought about it, it's like you, you've been thinking about it. It's been in your head. It's it's you're almost there. And, you know, what you're doing, you know, getting men together being that conduit for him, being that guidance, being that teacher, that life coach is showing them that. And I think this is such a big thing that a lot, a lot of men need. And, and I think this is a lot of men don't want to hear this, but this is what they need. It's okay to be in this space. It's, it's all right to show vulnerability. It's all right to say, 
I don't know. And I don't think enough people are saying that. I don't think enough people are giving that space to people. And you have to be seeing just some absolute, just men almost breaking down and crying and really no, really trusting the system and trusting the group to, to, to say, I've never felt like this. I've never been able to do this before. I mean, that's what it sounds like. Your group is actually opening, opening up more doors for these men who get to, to be a part of it. Yeah. You know, the, I had this just vision one time of speaking of opening doors of there being this throne room for me that I was never shown was there and that each of us have this. So the core archetype of the masculine is the king. This is the ordering function of the psyche. Um, This is, you know, historically speaking, the king is who has dominion over the land, but ultimately is the protector of that domain. And I had this vision that, you know, there was this throne that I was never shown was there for me. And it was covered in dust and the door was stuck and creaked when you open it. And the windows are smeared with dirt and light is not getting through. And I, I saw that the work I've been doing personally over the last several years has been me kind of sweeping up that throne room and cleaning off the windows and, you know, preparing everything to to honor that space and only recently have I felt like okay it's time for me to sit in my throne as the king of my domain and each of us has this each of us has this throne that is just waiting for us to sit in it and to claim our true power which is our sovereignty and it's not this faux power that we are sold by the culture, which is power over another person. That's not what it is. It's, it's the power that we inherently have to be the arbiter of our own decision-making and ultimately to be in service to the highest good, which is the function that the king is supposed to serve. When the king would become corrupt or feeble or incapable of filling that role that archetype the the people would kill the king and this is where the phrase the king is dead long live the king comes from it's that the king is not uh, an individual that is just there to have command over the situation it's the person who is there to fulfill the role of protecting the sphere encouraging all of those who are within his dominion and serving being in service to the highest good possible and so this throne is available to all of us and is actually waiting for us to sit in it and my father never showed me that that room was even there 
because his father didn't show him and his father didn't show him. And these things just, you know, they, they trend downward into the present. And here we are again, having to figure it out for ourselves. But I'm, I'm telling you, you have a throne that is waiting for you to sit in it, to be in service to the highest thing that you can imagine. And it's, it's waiting for you. So let's claim it. Let's claim it. I love, I, I love that analogy. I love that, that, that sh- this showing of that we all have this power that's available to us, but it's a power over ourselves in our own domain. And it's that, that how you just explained it was, was extremely powerful, extremely articulate. And I think that's really going to resonate with a lot of men listening to this. So again, something that I don't know how often you're asked, but I'm sure you asked a little bit, where do women play into this? Where do, you know, how do women help men? How can they be a part of this? I mean, not a part of a, a men's group, but of course there's, you know, women live in this world. I'm sure a lot of the men in your group are married or have girlfriends or, you know, how, how do they help men to kind of stop perpetuating this macho spirit, this alpha male, this, I have to be this certain type of, of person in the world. How, how do women get involved and help with this? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, ultimately, my feeling is that the most important thing is safety, is the felt sense of safety. And so if, you know, if women can help create the environment for men to feel safe entering into their emotional selves, then that's so helpful. And if men can create the environment in which women can feel safe physically in the world, then that's so helpful for allowing their truest selves to bloom. And so to me, this is, this is the duty is for all of us to be doing our best to create the sense of safety, because if we can really feel safe in the world, then we don't have to hide aspects of ourselves. We don't have to act out of fear and we don't have to lash out at other people. And, you know, a lot of um, the, the lashing out that men have done out of fear ends up on the women's shoulders and it's like so how do we co-create and it takes a leap of faith because it's like yeah men have been hurt women have been hurt we've hurt each other we've hurt ourselves like there's a lot underneath the surface there so it takes a leap of faith of each of us saying i'm going to do what i can to create a felt sense of safety in the culture and just in my interactions with other people so that I'm telling them, I want you to show up as your truest self. That, that is what I want. I'm inviting that. So please know that that's a sincere wish. And when you feel ready for yourself to, to emerge in that way, I will be here and I will not be judging it and I will not punish you for it. And I will not 
you know, keep score of things to use against you later. And, you know, these are all the things we're, we're afraid of. So to me, it, it ultimately comes down to that. How can we create more safety? And I think that is one of the, the highest order principles of the masculine is creating safety. Like that's one of the things that we're here to do. So yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, how do we figure out how to do that? I, if, if people don't feel safe in the world, they will hide parts of themselves. That is just, that's so well said and it's so powerful like and, and it's absolutely true. It's that if I don't feel safe expressing my true feelings to you, if I don't feel safe discussing my weaknesses, discussing how I want to be a better person, then I'm just going to hide that stuff. I'm going to keep it in. And that's what generations of men have done. And, um, you know, one of the things that I, I think some men who are parents can, who are fathers can can learn from this is, you know, being vulnerable in front of our children too. Like there, we don't, we don't have to know everything. Like I, I've never met a dad who knew everything about being a dad. I have, I haven't met that person yet. I, I think the world of my father, but he'll tell you straight up. Like, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that. And, um, so I, I, that is, I'm going to, I'm going to write that down and, and constantly preach that because that was, that was great. So let's, let's talk about specifically you have the the texture uh, coaching and you have your coaching dimensions and there's self-development there's masculinity coaching there's uh, integration coaching you know when people go to your website and they see those dimensions you know kind of speak a little bit about them what what they are the differences and, and how they work sure so you know with coaching Ultimately, again, my, my highest aim is to help people see that they can trust themselves so that they can make the best decisions for themselves in the pursuit of bringing their highest self into existence. Um, so generally speaking, that's, that's the process and this is the self-development is, um, how can we develop ourselves in the direction of the self we want to be? You know, there's so many aspects of myself as I move through the world that are not, not quite there. And maybe some are lagging way behind where I want to be. And so all, all the coaching work is, is creating an infrastructure and an accountability process and, a space a vulnerable vulnerable space in order to do that self inventory to really honestly look at where you're at and where you might want to be developing yourself and then creating that that weekly structure to help move things in that direction um you know the with the masculinity coaching, this is a lot of, of what we're talking about where the areas where men feel like they have um, struggles or deficiencies or areas that they aren't fully in alignment. Um, 
And a lot of that is helping to, you know, encourage to, to really help bring about a sense of courage in that individual so that he can, again, ultimately learn to trust himself. And then if you can trust yourself, then you move through the world and you're not second guessing all of your decisions. You're not caught in a place of anxiety of, am I saying the right thing? Does this person hate me? Whatever it may be, you're moving through the world in a way that is in accordance with how you want to be living. Um, and, you know, the integration coaching is that tends to be working with people who are working with psychedelics or who intend to be. And because these experiences can be quite out there, they can be quite large or grand or very alien to our typical day-to-day -day experience. And in order to get the most out of it, we want to bring back as much as we can and really imprint it on ourselves so that it it becomes more than just an experience that we've had, but it becomes part of our way of being. And I think of integration as, and this is applicable to, to all psychology, not just with psychedelics particularly, the integration is seeing the swirl of the, the galaxy of the aspects of ourselves and bringing them all in all of these parts into proper alignment so that it's harmoniously orbiting around the center that is our, our self. Um, a lot of times we have, again, areas that feel just out of alignment. And when we're out of alignment, it means either I'm not acting in accordance with what I really believe and feel, or I'm not speaking in accordance with what I really believe or feel, or I'm deluding myself and thinking that I believe or feel a certain way, and I actually don't. So it's getting those things into alignment, your thoughts, your actions, and the words that you speak into the world. And if we can do this, then we are integrated. And when we're integrated, then that that's what the world is asking for from us. We're not being agents of destruction and degradation moving through the world. We're being agents of healing and fostering, flourishing and transcendence. That is great to hear. Thank you for all the work that you're doing. I'm sure you're, you're helping so many men right now. And, uh, you know, before I let you go and kind of before I let you plug, you know, uh, how people get in contact with you, a question I definitely want you to ask and I definitely want people to listen to is the flip side of this. If I'm a, if I'm a man in, in one of these, you know, relationships with, with a friend, one of these friendships, and they are vulnerable to me, they show, you know, emotions around me and they whatever it might be, whether they say, you know, I'm having trouble at work. Cause I tell people this all the time, like men, they tell you how they're feeling. They just don't do it in an obvious way all the time. Like they will, they will say things like, man, I did a oh, rough day at work. Let's go grab a beer. And it's like, okay, cool. Let's go grab. Like he's, he's trying to open up to you. Like he's trying to say something. 
and I tell people like I used to be that way. Now I'm more open about it, but I'm the friend that hears it. I'm the friend that gets it. And I'm the friend that had no idea something was going down deep inside. What can I do as a friend to at least harbor that safe space that you have been talking about? I think it comes down to this duality between judgment and curiosity. So in my mind, these are opposite forces. And so if we are truly curious, then we're not judgmental. And if we're judgmental, then we can't be truly curious. So if someone comes to me and starts sharing something vulnerable, I'm doing what I can to enter that space of curiosity because this is someone I care about. This is someone who is sharing something with me that maybe they've never shared before. And so I want to know where that's coming from. I want to know how I might be of, of help. And I don't want to project or present judgment to this person who's finally opening up to say something vulnerable because that's going to make them just go right back into their turtle shell. So I think that's essentially what it comes down to is can I be operating from a place of curiosity and not a place of judgment? And if I'm doing that, then I'm inviting more rather than shoving back down these things that have been festering and shoved down anyway. And that, and it can be, it can be really tough to kind of pick up on, again, men that they, they, we can, we, we always say, always tell people when we're going through something, we just don't say it in an obvious way, but it can be one of those things where, and I used to do this and, and I'm sure people have done it with me that whenever I would show any type of emotion or, or, or express my feelings, the usual response I would get or or give would be, oh, you'll get over it. You know, I just give it some time. You'll get over it. And it's like that, that doesn't help. It, it doesn't help at all. So to foster that kind of uh, that, that tricky balance, as you were talking about, it does take, it's, it's an art form. It does take some work. Does, I mean, the first time it happens, you might look back a few days later and be like, oh, I missed it. I missed it. Let me reach out. Let me text. Let me, let me give a phone call. Let me, let me make sure they're okay. And that, I mean, again, that's us being vulnerable again. If we, if we notice ourselves that we missed an opportunity, we still have a chance to at least remedy that or at least help. Um, so that's, that's something that, that people can do also. So, Keith, this has been great. How do people see more of what you're doing? How do people get in contact with you? How do they reach you online? Yeah, the best place to find me is on my website, which is keithgilmore.com. And that's where you can read my writing. If you resonate with anything I've been saying here today, you may be interested in my essays. Um, and you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, the handle is just Keith Gilmore, D-O-T-C-O-M, KeithGilmore.com. So that's the best place to find me. 
Awesome. Thank you, Keith. This has been amazing. Uh, thank you for the work that you're doing. Please continue to do the work. It's, it's much needed. I think there's, I think you've done a lot, but I think we still have a long way to go. I think you would agree with that. Um, and anybody listening, I say this on a lot of my shows, um, you know, you can always reach out to me. You can go to the website or go to the Instagram or Facebook and, and send me a message. And, and if you need to talk, we'll talk. Um, and I think more people need to do that. And, and, you know, a challenge to anybody listening right now is if there's, if, if there's a feeling you're having, if there is, um, just something you think you can't share cause you're a man, send me a message, send your friend a message, you know, talk to your wife, talk to somebody and see what the reaction is. Cause I think it's not what you think it's going to be. So take care of yourselves. Keith, thank you so much. You have a great rest of your day. And thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thanks, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Big thank you to our guest this week, Mr. Keith Gilmore, who is the co-founder of Texture Life Coaching and also the co-creator of The Integrated Man, which is a community-oriented program for helping men get into alignment and reconnecting them with their purpose. As always, Relatively Normal is written, produced, and edited by me, Mark Paisant. And if you or anyone you know is in crisis, please contact the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline by dialing 988 on any phone. Thank <laughs> you.